This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Third segment of today's show, guys, we always start with Michigan panic meter. My panic meter has not changed at all. I will not be changing it even if Bill O'Brien leaves. I could change it if, of course, uh, the new hire blows at OC. If Bill <laughs> O'Brien, that's the only thing. But right now, I'm in uh, total gray, which means I am completely calm, no panic, Everything's groovy. How about you, Spencer? What's Jim? uh? What? Is, give me an example of the the new hire blowing. Like what? Of all the names we listed off, what's the one where you're like, oh no, nope, I'm going. I'm dipping into the light gray instead of the maybe dark Joe Philbin. Maybe Joe <laughs> Philbin. Um, Frank, Frank Reich, maybe you know. Oh um, man, Frank who's Reich a coach guy? that I really think is a slap dick. Um, Mine would be if they. I I I, I joke. Cliff Kingsbury. Mentioned- all right, he got hired by Washington, <laughs> but I think Cliff Kingsbury is nothing better than just a good-looking dude who keeps lucking into good jobs. They hired Cliff Kingsbury. I would be at least in the white. I would move two notches in the panic. I joked about uh, about Ken Dorsey. I think that would be mine. That would be mine if they if the if the Buckeyes hired. Like, I, I'm basically in the uh, the scarlet with the Ken Dorsey hire with the Browns. So there you go. If you if, you, if you're interested in that take, um, I'm going to join you in the the dark gray. I said uh, I would based off of. Jim Harbaugh leaving and just recent events. By the way, we're back to the normal Michigan panic meter. So this is Ohio State's level of panic. Yes. I want to make sure everybody understands this isn't, I know for fun, last week we did Michigan's level of panic because fans seem to be losing their minds over Jim Harbaugh leaving and taking his coaches with him, which is pretty normal for anybody. Calling um, him a traitor. That's yeah, really good. After, yeah. Three weeks after winning a national title. Yeah. Not that I know this. He's a traitor, but it's also Ward Manuel's fault, and it's, it's yeah. it just getting mad at everybody and all very butthurt after, hey, it's it's been, what, less than a month since you won the national championship, and this is how you feel already? So things are going well in Ann Arbor. That's all yeah. I know. Now things are going well with the Big Ten and the SEC as they announced in the last week here that they have uh, formed a joint advisory committee. And just the, the release saying that they are forming a joint advisory committee, which, to be fair, has nothing to do with legal weed in Ohio. Just so we're clear on that. <laughs> this is a, The joint is the, uh, the joining of the SEC and the Big Ten. And it's being hailed as this you know, pinnacle moment as this, uh, I believe it was Paul Feinbaum, SEC Network, said this could be an inflection point for college football and college athletics. And while there are very valid reasons that this thing, and you're going to speak to that in a moment, why this thing is coming to fruition, um, it is very early to take a victory lap. And I remember when 
the uh, Big Ten and the Pac-12 had their little they had their, their deal together, the alliance, and what it ended <laughs> up in was the death of the Pac-12. I don't think that's going to happen here. But the point was, when that came out, everyone's that like, "That was so funny." Though it's the alliance, <laughs> the alliance. They're gonna they're they're here to overpower the SEC. And what happened was the Big uh, Ten just absorbed the Pac-12. <laughs> while the while the Pac-12 was sleeping. Uh, the Big Ten came in and knocked up their wives. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's be very careful great about, about having that conversation about how special this is. They broke bread together. They and broke had bread dinner, together, and the and Big then Ten, the Big used Ten the, broke the, the Pac-12 bed together. gave them a key to their house. It's like, oh, yeah. you can stay anytime. Come on yeah. over. We'll watch football together, and then. Uh, they overstayed their welcome and stuck in the middle of the night. Yeah, and, and, the, and the laid Pac with their wives. Yes, the Pac-12 was watching football downstairs and like, where did my wife and the Big Ten go? Where did they go? <laughs> uh, well, There's I'll just wait of, for uh, them to come down. Like twenty minutes later, hey. oh, both are sweaty. Oh, sorry, we had to hang up a picture upstairs. Oh yeah, somebody was something was getting nailed. It wasn't a picture Sounds into the wall. Sounds like a great lane for some adult movies out there. Yeah, I might There's been plenty that have started that way. You know what? College football erotic memoirs. Who says no? Hey, they got to they got to find more ways to make money, right? That that so, may be the new lane. So you kind of have been reading up a little bit on one of the reasons this could be yeah. coming together and involves a college football playoff. Well, I, real quick, I want to go to the statement that they put out too because just the and and, and listen, it's it's fair because like we like to have the debates about oh, what's what's the big the best conference in college football and it's largely considered the sec and then there's like all this whole like espn's sec bias is showing that that was the argument when fsu got left out this year and all this different stuff so it's funny because it's usually the answer is always almost always the big 10 and the sec are the two best conferences in college football and so this has kind of been the long-standing thing of there's been the standoff between the two where okay the sec is adding texas and oklahoma the big 10 is adding usc and Oregon and Washington, and now they're they're from the East Coast to the West Coast, Spain, the country. So it's kind of been a standoff between the two. And now they're finally kind of embracing each other and saying, okay, and, and the tea leaves have kind of pointed to it for a while, like this is going to just become two mega conferences and everybody else is just kind of out there on their own, and that's this what college football is going to become. And this, I think this merger, this this forming of a committee, a joint advisory committee, sort of speaks to that happening down the line at some point, which is the the sort of the initial reaction here. But I think what also is just funny about the statement and that whole idea is the fact that it, basically like Greg Sankey, the SEC, and Tony Petit, the Big Ten commissioner, they basically just like shit on the other conferences that are, <laughs> that are in college football. Like some of the statements in this, um, they said – there was like this whole thing about like, oh, in recent court decisions, pending litigation, blah, blah, blah. It, it has compelled the two conferences to take a leadership role in developing solutions for a sustainable future to college sports. So they're just kind of like crowning themselves as like the, we are the gods of college football and we, and, and co not only college football, but college sports, the future of college sports rests in our hands. And then later, like in the, the exact wording of uh, Tony Petiti's statements, where he's basically like, there's no question that the voices of our two conferences are integral to the governance, uh, to the governance and other reform efforts of college sports. Like they clearly are just like, who gives a rip about these other conferences? We are the Kings. We get to make all the decisions. And they're just kind of like how uh, Dan Gilbert said that LeBron crowned himself the self-proclaimed King. 
They're they're self-proclaiming themselves the kings of college sports. No one's going to argue with it. They're, they're, they're basically right. Like those two conferences are king. But it's just funny to hear the conferences basically finally admit like, yeah, we kind of rule the roost here and, and the rest of you are just kind of there in the background. I thought that was kind of funny. Well, and I think if you look, you know, other conferences have tried in the last like five years have tried power plays. Um, Jim Phillips voting, uh, declining to to uh, vote on the playoffs or, or voting no on specific iterations. Which he had of to the play playoffs. his conference in the end. Which it, is it really did. And <laughs> inevitably, I do think not playing the game a little bit smarter is going to cost him the best teams in his conference. Um, yeah. I think it's a matter of time before you see a lot of those teams kind of divvied up. But listen, I, I do think the SEC and the Big Ten being in lockstep can only help college athletics immensely. I agree. And to the extent that they use their power always concerns me because I don't trust power, especially when it comes in college athletics where power has been abused for so long. We've covered that on previous shows. Um, I I think the NCAA is a joke. I think, um, I think college leaders to some degree have been feckless on this, but the SEC and Big Ten, this could have a huge impact. Can I also say something though? There are no other details. They're, they're, like they have no other details on what this is going to look like, how they're going to align, what they're going to align on, where they're going to use their power for, how, whether it's a voting block like previous alignments you've had, like the alliance, things like that. So I there's a part of me that wonders if this is a scare tactic by the SEC and the Big Ten to say, get in losers, we're doing butt stuff. Like, either join the bandwagon <laughs> or get the fuck out of our way. There's yeah. a significant part of me that thinks that this is a, hey, if you want to be cool, if you want to exist in 15 years, this is your moment. Get on board. Yeah. yeah, so, like, there's a big part of me that thinks that this is what this is. I hate, though. And this is where, like, I, I Paul Feinbaum's the GOAT. Like, he is fantastic. Um, you know I hate big sweeping emotional statements that are not oh, levied we talk, we in like about it last show, reality. Yeah. Yeah. And so to call this like, and say this could be an inflection point. Yes, it could. It could be another kind of meaningless thing because they really haven't set the parameters of what this is going to look like. So it's an idea that could become something. It could also like most things in college football leadership become nothing. Also, and this could many, very well be just a front. How many inflection points are we allowed? In, in like because we have NI, one every month. NIL was an inflection point. Yeah. Now uh, the transfer portal was an inflection point. Now uh, the the SEC plucking Oklahoma and Texas was an inflection point. The Big Ten absorbing the Pac-12 was an inflection point. Now this is an inflection point. Like okay, I think at some point we just have to admit that the inflection point happened a while ago, and this is now just the next phase of the change. The thing you mentioned earlier, though, with the in relation to some of the big things that they're really highlighting here with this sort of joint committee i saw that they did a they did an interview with yahoo sports sankey and, and Petiti did and a lot of it centered around the future of the college football playoff which i kind of forgot that the they signed basically for the le- for the length of the current contract that they have with espn for the college football playoff they signed for the the 12 team playoff to exist for the next two years so this upcoming year and then the year following and that's when the tv contract with espn also ends and so they don't have anything beyond that. And leading up to this year's playoff, they voted on – they were supposed to vote on extending that and, and figuring out, like, what the playoff looked like beyond 2026. 
And it sounds like, I don't know which conference it was, but one of the conferences basically voted, let's table this for another discussion. And I think this is probably what spurred some of this, the Big Ten and the SEC taking a lead on, listen, we're going to start doing this thing and figuring out how this governance looks and what this thing looks like moving forward because we got to start getting on board and not just are having different conferences that think different things or have different needs for their, for their own group of people. Like we all just got to kind of get on the same page. And so the college football playoff, I think is maybe what spurred a lot of this because they want, and to be clear, like Petiti and Sankey both said, we are both on, on, on board with moving the college football playoff forward and advancing it to sort of into the format that we're embracing here moving forward as well. But we need everybody else to kind of be on board with that as well. So um, I think that's interesting because as much as we were sitting here like, oh, 12-team playoff, what's that going to look like? This is the future of college football. We don't actually know beyond 2026 what it's going to look like. I think for what it's worth, there are discussions being had with ESPN to extend the TV deal, and then that could obviously mean that this conversation comes to a head and it all gets resolved and all that anyway. But I, I think the the college football playoff seems to be one of the biggest fuelers behind why the SEC and the Big Ten are sort of teaming up and saying, we're going to take the lead on trying to move our sport or this sport of college football, but also all sports forward and making sure that we're making decisions that are financially smart and benefit everybody. And so we're not like all over the place with the decision-making process. Like it seems like they, they tend to be at times, like you mentioned the ACC saying, "Ah, we're not We don't want to explain the playoff. Like they want everybody to be on the same page with this stuff. Do you think the panic tone that continues to exist in college football is good for college football from fans or from i mean no i mean just your interpretation do you think this whole thing the the way they've reacted to nil and and the portal and every you know every month is a new inflection point do you think that this is good for college football i i don't know that like i honestly think the panic oftentimes ends up being just sort of the initial reaction to things Mm-hmm. Um, like there's all this pan. I mean, and I think this is just over the course of history of sports, right? Like when there's massive changes, like I, I, I don't know what it was like when they added the three point line to basketball, but did people get up in arms about that? Like, Oh, you're changing the game. You know, like, I just think whenever there's massive change in sport, people are going to not love it and they're going to freak out about it. And they're going to try to think about, Oh my God, what does this mean for the life of our sport? And Long term, what what is what are all these different things saying about where the sport is going and who has the power and all this different stuff? But I think at the end of the day, like I, I think what's what's changing in college football is good for the sport overall because a it's giving a lot of the power back to the players where they now have this have some say and they're getting a cut of the, the of some of the money that they should be seeing and they're at least allowed to make money now. Um, I also think the transfer portal gives guys an opportunity to find a situation sometimes that's better for them. Now I. The transfer portal can be a blessing and a curse, which is another thing we've hit on before because sometimes guys get bad advice and they go into the portal and then they realize I shouldn't have done this and they want to go back to the place that they were and there's not always an opportunity there. So there is – this is where I say, like, I do think there needs to be some governor, 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 governance excuse me, in terms of how things are sort of um, just like um, – how things are controlled – whether it's the portal, whether it's how much NIL money can be sort of doled out, different things like that. But I also don't want to cap how much a player can make and cap a player. Like I thought it was always stupid that a kid couldn't transfer without having to sit out a year. Like that type of stuff is dumb. So it's it's about finding that balance. I don't have all the answers. 
I don't think Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti have have all the answers. Like I think that's the whole point of this this committee is coming together to sort of answer those questions to figure those things out. But I think ultimately, like the the game is growing and it's only going to get bigger. I, like I I I don't always get the outrage over um uh, over a lot of these different things, other than the fact that it's it's changing the game and changing the things that people love. I mean, even with the coaches going to the NFL, there's always going to be coaches willing to stay at this level. It's just it's just how it's going to be. So I think anything that keeps college football as a national story is a good thing, inevitably, because the reason why the NFL is king is their ability to extend. And and th- listen, there's a, you know, um, there's an Ouroboros effect here of the snake chasing its own tail and eating its own tail. Yeah. The NFL is so popular, which allows it to expend its its schedule to to you know twelve months of importance, which then makes the NFL more popular. So I, I but I think you got to start. Like I do think the the college football playoff conversation. I think uh, the transfer portal. I think uh, realignment. I think it is a good thing for college football, and part of that is the constant reaction, uh, keeping it in the news cycle of the panic of people. Uh, in 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 high profile, like we talked about with um, with Herbie last week, I'll also say like there is a part of me that I think there's been a lot of talk and not enough action, and so I see this a lot in politics. Of there's a lot of rabble rousing, but when it comes down to let's work together, let's fix the the problems that we do have as a country, nobody really wants to do that. Because fixing things does not begat um, any. There, one, there are no easy solutions. Two, yeah. no, no one's ever going to be one hundred percent happy. And three, if all the problems go away, then all your wedge issues go away, and all of a sudden, nobody like. Listen, it's it's tough to get elected, reelected, newly elected if everybody's pretty happy. So I say that to say when it comes to college football. If the Big Ten, SEC, if this joint advisory committee is about finally doing something, amen, hallelujah. I might not like it, but at least I'll respect you doing something. But there's been so much rabble, rabble, rabble that it feels like people are doing that because they don't have the balls, the power, or the creativity to fix what's wrong. Yeah. And, and, just, that, is, and that, that I do think inevitably yeah. – is a lack of leadership. And I think that part of it is bad for college football. Yeah. And I, college and, and to, to your point, I just think it's, it, that's the easy thing to say when there's all this movement and change happening is just, well, I don't like it. And it, this is ruining the sport without actually giving it a chance or without actually giving any constructive input into, okay, I get that things are changing. How can I, that's why I, I appreciate like Jim Harbaugh, saying what he said at the college football playoff where it was like, yeah, listen, like I think that this is how you should do things. I think players should get a cut. I appreciate when Chip Kelly comes out and says, here's how it should be set up. Two mega conferences, the South or four conferences, the South plays the North, the North plays the South. Then the, the, the uh, Northwest plays the North South, like South or the South, the Southwest. <laughs> Jesus. Um, but anyway, and then, like, the, and then the South North <laughs> plays the, the Middle East. Sounds and like I'm talking about a civil East war Palestine or something over plays, here. I mean, Jesus plays um, Miami. <laughs> um, but no, I like, I, I appreciate the, those inputs from coaches. Cause it at least tells me 
that these guys are trying to embrace the change. I'm going to be honest, like of all the things that are changing, I think the thing that has the biggest, that that could be the biggest detriment to, to the sport is if you really disrupt some of like the natural rivalries and things in the sport. Because I think the one thing that you can't completely disregard in that sport specifically is the tradition. I understand why like the NFL is king and it's, it's very commercialized in a lot of ways but it's still it, – it's it, it, they do that to sort of bring in outside fans and all this. And college football wants that too. But the thing with college football is there's a reason that they have the biggest stadiums in in, in, in football because they're based, they're, they're the bases that some of these programs are bigger than any NFL team because there's truly like people who have gone to those schools, graduated, and they're like, this is my place. They feel a connection to that place. And that's even bit greater than me growing up in – you know, the middle of Ohio and being like, ah, I don't really, I could cheer for the Browns. I could cheer for the Bengals, whatever. But you feel very connected to Columbus because it's right there. And maybe you went to school there. You have a family member who went to school there, whatever. So I, I think the the tradition getting disrupted could have a bigger blow. Because I also think about it too, like we think about it very much from an Ohio State scope. And yeah, like nothing's going to happen with Ohio State, Michigan. You're never going to get rid of that game even if it moves to earlier in the schedule or whatever. But I think you think about, you know, like Oregon and Oregon state, right. That's a rivalry that for some area, that's like their Super Bowl every year, you know, like that's the game that they really look for. So you ruin that type of stuff. This is where you start alienating fan bases. This is where you start losing some of that. What makes college football great and fun is that sometimes there's these teams that aren't on that level but they have this natural rival that's either like in-state or really close to them, you know, like Akron can even on another, a smaller level between in the Mac schools. It's like, that's, they're so close to each other. There's this rivalry there and people get revved up for that game here locally in Northeast Ohio because of that. So I think that stuff matters more almost than the money and the, the changing tides of the transfer portal and guys not wanting to embrace that and, you know, not recruiting, recruiting, not just being about the relationships but being about, about how much you can get a guy or pay a guy. I think, I think that matters less than, and all these changes that people are up in arms about matter less than some of the other things that I mentioned, which that's being impacted by this, this recent surge too. But um, I think if you can do your best to, to keep some of those things, there's a reason why Oklahoma and Texas are kind of migrating together to the SEC I think that stuff is is still going to largely be what what drives the 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 fuel and the passion behind college football. All right, guys, do you think all this noise is good for college football? And uh, you guys can leave the comments on the ninety two view the fan YouTube channel. We do check them. We do interact with you guys. Or at Nick Wilson says at Spencito underscore on social media, including Instagram and of course X. But uh, don't forget, new show, follow the show everywhere you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, the free Odyssey app. Have I mentioned it's free? Also, <laughs> 923thefan.com, anywhere you get your podcast. We appreciate you. Spencer, good show. To you out there, we say thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Hashtag go Bucks.